Hello and welcome back to the Winging It podcast, how to build, maintain and totally own a career that you love. I'm Lucy Hitchcock and I want to help business owners and career women learn something new and build a life around a career that makes them happy. This week I'm welcoming a guest who I've followed for years. I am a massive foodie and more specifically I could eat breakfast for all three meals apart from pizza. So I'm welcoming Bianca Bridges onto the podcast today to talk all about how to build a business from an Instagram account and how she juggles running more than one business at a time. If you're listening to this on your phone, make sure you get the best experience by downloading the Entel app. Entel is an interactive podcast platform that combines the best of audio storytelling with the richness of the web. So this means you'll be able to follow links, view images, follow people on social and much more by just tapping your phone. Okay, so in your own words, who are you and what do you do? Um, My name is Bianca Bridges. Um, There are a lot of different ways to say what I do. I usually say I work in food, but people kind of take all kinds of meaning from that. Uh, I was once written an article as a food entrepreneur. So let's go with that because I really like the sound that that gave me. (laughs) So let's say food entrepreneur. Um, I work mostly in food. Um, I am founder of a media company called Breakfast London uh, and co-founder of the Jungle Collective Hospitality Group. And under that is uh, our first pub, which is the Railway Tavern N16 in Dalston, uh, which is fantastic. And uh, our vegan pizza company called Good Belly, which is unbelievable and had me gain four kilos at our when we were doing it <laughs> so um we actually like started four kilos from pizza literally <laughs> so we actually started out in our garage uh, we converted oh. it into an operating kitchen and uh thursday and friday after work we would operate from 6 p.m till you know 10 and then on the weekends so it was quite a lot because it was on top of our kind of nine to fives and other projects yeah. Um, and we're doing delivery only just out of our garage. And it was, you know, fully, we were fully licensed and operating, which was great. But, you know, you come home from a long day of work and you're prepping and you're cooking and you're like, yeah, you're hungry because obviously it's dinner time. And you're like, oh, I could wait until we clean up at 11 and then start cooking food. Or I could spend two minutes making myself a pizza now. So four times a week, I'd opt for the pizza option, yeah. of course. And alas, four kilos later, uh, and as three months went by. But then we closed down for um, over Christmas until uh, we launched at the pub, which was our first permanent location. Sorry, I feel like I've jumped completely ahead. No, here. but like we could just spend this whole podcast talking about pizza. Like that <laughs> that would be fine with me. It is. It is great. Um, like I just, I never got sick of it. Oh my god, I need to come. You my, definitely do. My favorite food is pizza. Oh. I always say if I'm on death row, it's pizza. When people don't say pizza, I'm like, why? Why not? What's What's bad about pizza? It is amazing. <laughs> it's a food for all occasions. It makes you happy. Um, I mean, Good Belly, the name speaks for itself. Mm. Um, and I think myself and uh, I run it with two guys. One of them is my boyfriend, Luke. And we are very, we are very much perfectionists and we both have been in the food industry and there's no way we'd serve something unless we thought it was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, a bit too good. Um <laughs> <laughs> sang four kilos but um i won't go on about that it was four kilos of happiness um which is you know what more can you ask for yeah amazing i just love pizza it is great you would really really love it um i go 
and if any of my friends are listening, they'll laugh at this because I literally do. If I get to the weekend and I'm like, I haven't had a pizza today. I haven't had a pizza this week. I'm like, I need my pizza. I need at least one pizza a week. It is so great. We do, it's American style. Uh, so we do kind of uh, the classics like Hawaiian, which is called Wakiki, Do You Love Me? And our margarita is called Margariri. It's just really fun. Uh, and then we do the kind of Ooh. fun pizzas um, that people kind of, go visit us for which is like our truffle mac and cheese pizza which is called mac uh, truffle mac not crack uh, and buffalo soldier which is buffalo cauliflower with ranch dressing drizzled on top and it is so good and we have these unbelievable garlic sticks okay our christmas pizza coming up (laughs) oh i could actually talk about it the whole okay well let's we will let's give it a break (laughs) let's talk a bit more about this later okay so career from the start okay like what was your first job talk me from your first job Um, So what I would consider my first real paid job would be when I was at university. So I went to the University of Bath and I did a business administration degree. Cool. Um, which was great and the you know the best thing about it was the fact that instead of one year of work placement you did two six months so you did six months in your second year and six months in your third which gave you the opportunity to work at two completely different companies and get a gauge of what you like and have that's really cool yeah and you have two uh hopefully awesome places on your cv by the time you leave um, school so the first my first job was at HelloFresh in London when there was about 12 people working there and it was very much still considered a startup. Uh, And it was unbelievable. You know, I kind of dove headfirst into the working world. I'd never even touched a cup of coffee before working in London. Um, Did you not? No, I used to to purely drink it to stay awake um, because I just needed fuel. Um, And it was awesome because I was, my role was a marketing and operations associate. So I did... Essentially, you know, in a startup, you have your fingers in all the pies. You're helping out with everything. You're doing yeah. customer service, sales. It's not really one ops. job. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, Get stuck in. Yeah, and especially since you're, you know, bottom of the food chain, you're an associate. Um, you're doing everything, but that's the best way to learn. I agree. I learned so much from there. And, you know, being such a small company at the time, you, you know, you made so many friends. Yeah. And it was kind of a very good team culture, um, which I really enjoyed. So, yeah, that was... Job number one uh, and two, job number two was uh, my second placement, obviously, and that was at Analog Folk, which is a digital creative agency oh. also in London. Um, and that was awesome. It was the first time I was in an agency environment uh, and I was on the editorial team uh, working for clients like Malibu, Absolute Vodka, um, Shivas Regal, lots of alcohol brands. I was say all alcohol brands. Yeah, it was quite a boozy uh, placement. Um, Do you know, really random, but Malibu, I actually think Malibu is really underrated. <laughs> it's quite, Apparently it's quite a South African thing. Really I random, to... but like I did actually have one a night out the other night and the person I was with were like, you, what are you, 14? I was like, no, it's just really refreshing actually. <laughs> I feel like it always makes me think of holiday, but when you're like 14 and you want yeah, to get drunk. Yeah, I was going to say, it's quite sweet. I think my... You have one, yeah. I've been told that Malibu and Sprite was quite a big drink in South Africa, which really okay, surprised me. No, neither. Um, I mean, it's not my number one choice, but I can see, I can see the appeal. Yeah. Okay, so that was job number two. Mm-hmm. And then you finished uni. Yes, I finished uni. So I started my food blog when I was in my first year of university, which was called Pretty Hungry. Um, and I literally just started that uh, as a way to tell my friends uh, where to go and eat because I, you know, I travel around and eat at nice places and 
I think it's because I grew up in Singapore, everyone who's from Singapore, usually food is their hobby. So I was just very much into food and I was kind of, I don't know how, but became the go-to person. People would ask for recommendations. Um, and I was like, you know, why not collate this into a blog? And I can yeah. practice my writing because I was very into writing and, you know, food photography. So I started up a blog um, and I think literally by word of mouth, it grew really well. Um, in 2015, we won a Cosmopolitan food blog of the year which Amazing. was unbelievable had my yes. tiny little face printed in the magazine which was oh. very exciting for me <laughs> um so that essentially was the first time I started working for myself it was before you know blogs were huge so there were only a very few uh yeah. food reviewing restaurant blogs at that time Instagram was still very very much at its early stage there weren't you know it was before hashtag ad hashtag gifted any of that oh, yeah um, so that's the first time I think I started working for myself, dealing with, you know, PR agencies and brands who wanted to work with you, um, which was a bit of a minefield, but, um, you know, when you're 19, but yeah. it was a lot of fun. Um, I really liked that. And I actually started Breakfast London in my third year. Um, and again, that started purely as uh, an Instagram page. I, you know, there was a lot of Instagram accounts growing where they were very niche, either focusing on restaurants in London or, you know, breakfast or brunch in New York or in Australia. Yeah. But there was, at the time, there was nothing for breakfast in London. Um, and, you know, breakfast is still my favorite meal of the day. Oh, yeah. I'm with you there. Um, and Apart from pizza. <laughs> <laughs> and at the time, breakfast also was growing hugely in London. Um, either there were restaurants, cafes opening up purely uh, to have a menu revolving around breakfast or established restaurants starting up breakfast menus or brunch or boozy brunch. And it was so difficult to keep track of them. I was thinking, you know, oh, it'd be so great to have yeah. one place that you could find all these, you know, new openings, new menus. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. And the name Breakfast London wasn't taken, which I took as wow. a sign meant to be. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just ran with it. From day one, it was supposed to be a community page. Um, I wanted people to submit um, pictures to us. Um, and it wasn't my page, not my opinions. I wanted it to be, you know, yeah. people sharing their neighborhood gems and their favorite spots. Um, so, you know, it grew from there, which was, yeah, fantastic. That's really cool. Do you know what's funny as well is when I go to, when I get, well, when I go to a restaurant, right, I will, I look at the menu and I'll go, hmm, I like the look of that and I like the look of that. Which one shall I have? And I go Instagram. on Instagram. Yes. I'll search on the location tag. If it's not on there, well, it's normally, they never, they never put like the good pics, the actual real pics on their feeds. Yep. Then I go on the location tag and I see what's the most Genuine popular dish. UGC. And then you go for the most popular dish obviously exactly and i when i travel now i don't go on you know the trip advisors or you know the magazine roundups i go straight to instagram and i look at where you know popular food bloggers in that city will dine out yeah. and where keeps coming up on you know instagram pages that i look for and that's kind of like my research of where to get kind of authentically authentic recommendations of where to go that's the like, the new travel exactly search. Or I'll type in, so obviously at Breakfast London, that's in London. But when I go to, so for example, I've been to Dubai a few times this year. When I went to Dubai, I was like, well, breakfast is not really like a thing here. I want like an avocado breakfast. Like I want, well, I always call them my avocado places, which is like, you know, when you're going to get a good breakfast because they have avocado on the menu. Because yeah. um, they're so millennial. <laughs> I'll search like Breakfast Dubai. There's normally a page that comes up that's like at Breakfast Dubai mm -hmm. or 
whatever it's going to be whatever country i'm in normally there's a page and it's so good because you can just see where everything is all in one yep. place it is so it's just great. so handy it's like a travel guide it honestly is it's like the new way to search it is amazing you're like I know my idea is great <laughs> <laughs> I feel like so many people on the same wavelength I bet people listening to this being like I do that too like yeah. self high five <laughs> so great so did you have like a thought process behind starting up because one of the things I think a lot of people struggle with some people well we were just talking about people wanting to start up podcasts and never doing it but mm-hmm people have this thing where they're like I want to start a blog or I want to start an Instagram but then there's always something holding them back and I think it's because people worry about other people will think of them but like what was your thought process behind it and do you have any advice for people that perhaps want to start something up but either they're not sure where to start or they can't like find their inner confidence to do it I mean I can relate because when I was 19 I think the same thought went through my head before I started Pretty Hungry I was like oh what will people think of me starting a food blog um you know, being a know-it-all or trying to, you know, self-promote. I think self-promote is so difficult for some people because if you don't have the confidence to do it, it's so difficult to, you know, shout out about yourself or the cool work you're doing or something that you're really proud of. So I can completely understand that that's so difficult. I think if you've got a really good idea and it's something that you're passionate about, I just say, just do it. Like if you have a good support system around you, your friends will support you your family will support you you shouldn't listen to judgment you should just listen to what you think is right as long as I think we were also discussing this perseverance is key but that's kind of with anything you're doing whether it's a business or an Instagram page or a podcast if you start something you need to make sure it's something that you will persevere with you don't just start it try it out for two weeks and you're like oh I gave it a go I mean just keep working at it and that's how successful people become successful um and I think even you know the phrase um move fast and break things apply if you start it up and you can always you know it can be flexible you can mold it you can shape it to you can always change keep your audience involved and let them change with you um to grow it into something that you want to grow it into if that makes sense no it does make sense and I think also it's one of those things I think if you're thinking about starting something and you're not sure if it's going to go well or not weirdly I think you'll be surprised it's like when I started a business or you know I think a lot of people can probably relate to this you start it and you think oh I'm not really going to talk about it because I don't I don't want everyone's opinion or whatever but then people start to follow along and they're like actually that's really cool like good for you yeah exactly and I feel like people almost want to wait until they've kind of had the validation of success before they shout out about it like yeah. oh look I've got x y amount of followers like now I can shout out about it and like you should be you know proud enough to shout about it because that's how one. you get followers as exactly. well exactly yeah um, and you know your friends and your family money. should be followers number one to ten uh, I mean assuming you have more friends and family than I do <laughs> <I'm joking. laughs> um, but they should be your first followers they should be you know they're your biggest advocates the ones supporting you and telling people about it and if it's a good idea, which, you know, hopefully it is, otherwise you wouldn't start it. But make sure you yourself think it's a good idea, that it's got legs, that it's something that you, yeah, you know, want to do and spend a lot of time doing because you'll need to... <laughs> you'll become spending your life. a lot of time doing it. <laughs> exactly. You will. It's a true fact. It is true. Um, so when did you... So you started breakfast on the third year of uni. Yes. So when did you think, actually, this is like, this is now a business um 
So, yes, I started third year of university, you know, it became a community page from day one. Um, I think I'd always intended it to become a big page. I didn't want to start it just for starting a page. I wanted to grow it because I thought it had the potential to be something. Um, so I worked on it um, and, you know, I grew it all completely organically. I never, ever bought followers or did advertising or anything like that. And I mean, nothing wrong As with advertising, but no, yeah. say no to buying followers, people, please. Um, and by the time it hit about 10,000 followers, it snowballed. I kind of just left it alone and it would grow because of the engagement. People would tag their friends. People would make plans to visit restaurants um, from uh, visiting Breakfast London. Um, and I think it, it was one of those cases where you build your market before you build your product. So okay. I built my community which was so important and anytime I wanted to you know make any changes or business decisions where you know where we first launched our website I went straight into my community and on Instagram and said is the website something people would utilize would you utilize it what do you want from it what features do you want what do you want to see and that's where you get your feedback from your community and that's how people I launched our website Exactly. So people essentially created it with you, but you're creating something that you know your community wants and that they will utilize. So you already know it will be effective. I think, you know, building your market and your community before you focus on the product or the commercials is so important these days. Otherwise, you know, hypothetically, if I launched Breakfast London, just the website and, you know, I didn't have a single follower yet and just expected people to like the idea and catch on. Sometimes it doesn't work like that. You need to build your community first and then think about the commercials later. I think such a good example is like Glossier. Yeah. I think Emily building, you know, into the gloss, she built her content first, built her community, like frequently spoke to her audience, asked what they wanted and then launched her business off the back of that. And, you know, it's phenomenal. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Um, So I think that's when it became about 10,000 followers, Um, I thought, you know, I want to do something more. I want to give the community another, a deeper way to find recommendations. Instead of just scrolling through Instagram, they could now enter their postcode or um, search by occasion if they wanted vegan food or, uh, you know, something where they, somewhere they can have a meeting, they can find exactly what they're looking for, um, which is great. And I think when restaurants start messaging you, that's when you kind of, know you're onto something because we always focus on the community and the customers were the clients and where the community was the clients and the restaurants wanted to be so it it kind of just was very organic how it happened we didn't really have to push for it the restaurants kind of found us and wanted to promote with us um that's really cool yeah which was also i think probably at the time i mean we've got I mean, most restaurants in London now are, you know, you, you can pretty much guarantee that you'll walk into a restaurant off the street and you're going to get a good plate of food. Um, you'd well, hope. <laughs> well, you'd hope. I mean, if it looks all right. <laughs> Edible. And there's no pictures of the food on the uh, the menu. Oh, yeah. Although that is, um, I think that's quite popular in uh, Chinese restaurants um, where they have pictures of food. Um, that's true. Although I... I understand what you mean because I yeah. think a lot of places where you travel, all the tourist traps kind of have photos in their hopes of proving that it's edible, uh, but sometimes it might not be. <laughs> yes, this is true. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what my point was now, but sorry, but basically, off track. no. Well, it was probably something just about food. Basically, talk about food all the time. <laughs> well, you would hope that you walk into a restaurant on the street, but 
I think what I was trying to say is that because of Instagram, literally every restaurant has to be like amazing, Instagrammable, like the food has to be good because that's like how it grows. I mean, it's sad, isn't it? But it's true. These days, I mean, being now, you know, having one foot in the restaurant side now, I, I mean, both feet now, but kind of going in that direction um you know starting a restaurant you don't just think of your concept you don't just think of your menu or your staff you need to think about aesthetics lighting because it's your restaurant will end up on instagram you want it to end up on instagram you want people to be organically posting about it so these are so many additional factors you need to think of um you know projects i'm searching now i'm like is there good natural lighting is there this is there that um you know, chuck some edible flowers on. <laughs> this just, yeah, there's so much. Aesthetics is a lot. It's not just about delicious food now, which is, you know, good and bad. It's just yeah. a different a different day, really. Different day and age. I, I was having this conversation with my um, dad because I always remember growing up. I mean, you, do you say you grew up in Singapore? So yeah. what age did you come over here? Uh, I came over here when I was 16 for A-levels. Oh, right. Okay, so historically speaking like in the uk i mean the service was awful the food was pretty awful and i remember being in restaurants as a child and like really the only good choice being pizza hut i think because you had like the ice cream and the you could do the do the sprinkles yourself but you're still gonna get you were still gonna get bad service bad food and like eating out wasn't really as much of a thing as it is now. Do you think it's because you were younger as well, though, and you were like, Pizza Hut is the go-to? No, I said to my dad, I was like, "What well, all restaurants this terrible? And he was like, pretty much, yeah. Unless you're like in central London, you're going out, you know, Got you're being you. taken out for like a swanky business meal. Yeah. Um, but I do think it has something to do with people sharing on the internet. Yeah, I think also... There's just so many global influences now. Oh, I yeah. mean, it's this not just, true. you know, traditional British food. You've got, you know, food from all corners of the world that have been brought to London, which is amazing. So you have so much choice, choice. and so many influences. I mean, you've got, you know, Asian fusion and, you know, British classic dishes that are having twists from Australia, New Zealand. Or, I mean, I've been, you know, there's a lot of breakfast spots I work with and Sometimes they see a dish on Instagram being made in another part of the world and they'll whip it up and it's within on their menu within hours, which is so yeah, crazy. crazy. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Phenomenal. The internet. Yeah, I know. What a thing. Um, so in terms of moving from the Instagram page to opening the restaurants, was that just like a, let's try it out and see how it goes or... Yeah, so Breakfast London's always been kind of my baby. Um, You know, I launched the book earlier this year. Um, Yes. I've been, you know, doing a lot of things within Breakfast London that has kind of been my own. Um, The pub and Good Belly honestly appeared out of pure opportunity. Um, And, I mean, I'm such a hypocrite because I genuinely do believe that if you're doing a startup you should just focus on one business and I, it's like that um it's that chinese phrase um the person who chases two rabbits catches neither of them and at the time when i agreed to do everything i'm like oh you know um i'm just the kind of person who just wants to keep myself busy i'll prove myself wrong when i prove myself wrong like i have purely proven myself wrong i if i could focus on one thing i would definitely do that but 
regardless, um, the pizza and the pub literally came about pure chance. Um, we got our hands on a pizza oven, which... So, okay, at the time, a little bit of backstory. At the time, I'd been developing a vegan burger concept since I was in my fourth year of university. It was something I really wanted to do. I got, you know, I developed the whole menu. I got as far as um, uh, visiting... Um, venues uh, around central London spoiler alert uh, rent in London is super expensive and at least yeah, unless you've got some bomb investment like it's probably not going to happen for you um, and you know just coming out of university it just seemed really really far-fetched also with someone with zero re- uh, experience in the restaurant industry so as I was kind of pondering how I do it I know you know dark kitchens were really popular or maybe I'd start with pop-ups uh, Good Belly kind of landed at our feet um we acquired a pizza oven which didn't need any extraction it was just a single use pizza oven not single use sorry uh pizza oven where you can put one pizza at a time is it uh, a rocker box no it's like kind of like it's like a proper like industrial one like it's expensive but we got it second hand um which was still apparently a bit spenny but we did that and you know my other half came home and he was like we're going to start a pizza business. And I was like, okay, great. So I thought um, it would be a great way to kind of... Test the waters. Yeah, test the waters, um, see what I'm getting myself into before, you know, I go headfirst into this burger thing. Luke came home and uh, was like, we're going to start a vegan pizza, vegan pizza company. Is he vegan too? So he went vegan for a year as a full commitment to, you know, try it out. But I'll you're going to say a full commitment to you. <laughs> see what he was made of. <laughs> see if I could keep him. No, um, he went vegan for a year, but, you know, eats vegan most of the time anyway. It's just, you know. Yeah, a bit of what you fancy. Exactly. Um, but we cook, a lo- we cook a lot at home and, we, you know, it's all vegan food, which is great. So he was very much in the vegan mindset. He's like, it's going to be vegan because... We'd had vegan pizza before in London, but none that we really, really enjoyed or really wanted to rave about. And we definitely thought there was a gap. We had um, the pizza oven, it all made sense. Um, and we roped in our other friend, Mark, who we call Milky. Um, and we, you know, completely renovated our garage into a kitchen. And when I say renovated, it wasn't like, a industry job it was us kind of like putting up all the required surfaces and everything like that um and we started our garage and um yeah we kind of I don't just know I've got this launched image into of it. you in this like you know like classic american driveways where they've got like the concrete and then the garage door just open and like oh, a little I basketball wish. thing i've got this vision of you just like in one of those like yeah come on pass me the cheese literally I was like it would be so great if we could kind of saw the garage door and then have a little opening window where we could just pop it out but in reality we had to um, put a little green we had to there was like a little light outside our house and instead we took out the bulb and we had to put a green bulb in so when the delivery drivers try to find us because often they would drive straight past us because it was it's like a resident it's a residential most people don't expect to be picking up from a pizza place so the instructions were look for the green light but it kind of looked like some weird brothel or like pizza brothel yeah exactly um but yeah so yeah that's how it began um so purely through opportunity um and same with the pub we had a friend who was looking to uh buy this pub and he wanted to put Good Belly in it um, because he knew it was getting some traction, it was getting some attention. 
so we sat down with him. We brought our friend who's an accountant um, and we looked around the pub and it looked like such an amazing opportunity. So instead of um, pitching about putting pizza in, we were like, how about we all go in on this together? You know, we have such a varied skill set. Um, and he was like, yeah. So we formed a hospitality group from that, which was, amazing. you know, amazing. Like no one had planned no one had planned this. It yeah, was but like sometimes the best things happen like that. Exactly. And what you were going back to saying actually about, you know, having your fingers in more than one pie. Yeah. With this whole like millennial thing, I mean, we, you've heard of multi hyphenate and whatever. Yeah, I was going to say. But we're not satisfied with working. Well, some of us are cut out for it. I certainly wasn't. Um, cut <laughs> working in like a traditional office. Mm-hmm. Then we start a business. And actually you do it and you're like, this is not enough. Like, I need something else. So, I I mean, I've got my fingers in loads of pies. I'm like, the more the merrier. Yeah. But, like, obviously I have one core business Mm -hmm. that's like, this is, you know, like for you, Breakfast London. You said it's like your baby. Um, My business is my baby. But, you know, everything else that kind of runs off the side, I'm like, yeah, of course I'm going to do it. Why would I not? Mm -hmm. You've got to experiment with these things. No, exactly. And I was definitely the same. And I think everyone is different. I was the same. And I was like, I want to keep myself busy. I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. But I think having to pick myself up from one project and then throw myself into another constantly and switch between so many things. I mean, I also do social media consultancy for different clients. And it was just quite a lot. And I just thought if I could focus all my time and attention into one project and really make it work that's where it's going to get somewhere. Um, But, you know, everybody is different. Every project is different as well. Some require a lot of time and a lot of energy in a team, whereas a lot are manageable on your own. Um, It just depends what you want to do, really. But I think I'm at the stage where I'm just just tired. (laughs) I'm just tired. I'm tired So I'm trying to, yeah. So I'm trying to, um, you know, ending a lot of contracts with social clients um, who have all, you know, all been absolutely fantastic. Um, And focus on exactly what I want and what I want to do and what I want to achieve um and I think hospitality for me yeah I think it will be definitely be hospitality even though I've been warned against it countless of times but I just like moth to a flame yeah. can't really <laughs> just, We've got to do it I just love it that's good I think I mean if you're going to do something for yourself you've got to do something where you actually go to work and you're like exactly excited I love this. and if you go to work and you're like this is too much then you know it's time to like do the things that you love and you know less of the things that you don't yeah I think you know from a business perspective I definitely think you know whatever it is that you're starting or wanting I think the biggest tip I could get give would be you know building your community first I mean if even if it's an idea that you're you're thinking about you're experimenting with you don't know if it works build that community and then you can converse with them and actually gauge what it is that that they want and then whether it's the product you had in mind initially or a completely different product from um, yeah. you know from what you thought i think then you have your customer base that you can launch it to um and yeah market first product second <laughs> I agree. Well, I mean, that's how you sell things, right? Is you can't go straight in being like, this is the product I have. Someone please buy it. Like, listen to my voice. Hear what I have to say. You know, you've got to solve people's problems, build that community and then. Exactly. And, you know, whether you think there's a gap or not, you, you know, build the page, build your following, build your email list, have those customers that you can access directly for when your product launches or when your service launches. I think that's incredibly important and also you can 
you know, build the hype and grow and engage and ask about things. This podcast is not sponsored, so I thought what better way to help more businesses out than to shout out some amazing women doing amazing things. Eva Moso was set up in February 2019 by Jenny Eva Thiel after she was left wondering why she couldn't find a pair of leggings that are simple, understated, feel great on the skin, but happen to do more good than bad to the environment. Eva Moso believes that sustainable clothing should be a given, not a speciality. You shouldn't have to look hard to buy comfortable, stylish, everyday clothes created with their footprint in mind. Eva Moso clothing is designed for every side of you, not just working out. Simple, beautifully fitting, separates made from natural and recycled fabrics in wearable shades, they are created to work in harmony with every aspect of your life. Their goal is to get more women thinking more consciously about what they buy and how and where it's made, while still looking and feeling great. I actually have a pair of leggings from Eva Moso, which Jenny kindly sent to me. And I'm 5'11", and I can never find good high-waisted gym leggings that don't fall down and tick all of the other boxes. They're my favourite leggings at the moment, and I would definitely recommend getting a pair if you go to the gym as much as I do. You can find them on the gram at evamoso underscore London. I was going to ask you... um, I was going to ask you, well, obviously Instagram now has changed so much yeah. from the early days. And when mm-hmm. I say the early days, when it was easy to, <laughs> the not golden easy, days. not easy to get The followers. algorithm didn't make yeah. influence, influencers cry. Yeah. Back, back um, then. Exactly. Oh, that wasn't me, by the way. Not, I'm speaking from experience. <laughs> Every, no, yeah. The complaint. Instagram's not showing my post. I'm like, well, change it up then. Change it up. God, um, no. Anyway. Uh so yeah obviously it's a lot more difficult to build a follower base now um so in terms of growing a community apart from the tips that you've just given um is there anything else that you would say um if people are looking to build a business from instagram that they could do to kind of help assist that i mean number one i think before doing anything else is assessing your content i think understanding who you're creating content for what value are you offering um and who are you offering it to what do they want i think that is step one to understanding and number two if you're utilizing platforms such as instagram instagram is a visual platform and i think a lot of people forget that all the time so and it it depends on what value you're offering it depends on your product or your service but make making sure your feed is aesthetically pleasing or you have a you know a very visual brand I think that helps so much and I think that's always step one because when people want to grow their following they you know they do advertising they do this they do that they work with influencers and when people come to click on their profile you know it's they don't understand the value it's not something they want to see every day so they won't follow you so I think step one is really assessing your content yeah but in terms of growing I think my favorite is collaboration. I'm yes. so into collaborations. I think collaborate, support like-minded businesses, like-minded brands, um, work with anyone and everyone if you can both find value in that. And I think you can also end up creating some amazing things and doing some really fun stuff. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, utilizing each other's audiences. You can um, really meet some amazing people you, that way as well. Honestly, it is it is so great and um you know the work you produce and their their followers 
you know, might be interested in you and yours to them and help each other grow and, you know, support. It's not influencer versus influencer or brand versus brand. You know, everyone's in this We're together. In together. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's and not a competition. Exactly. And I think when brands find other brands that have similar audiences um, and really utilize this, you know, there's been some unbelievable collaborations that I've seen on Instagram and being like, oh God, I wish I wish I thought of that, wish I got in there. But yeah. I mean, that's the great thing about Instagram. You're constantly inspired by work other people are doing and you're constantly, constantly motivated, which is really, really cool. I find that a lot of small business owners, when they're first starting out, they kind of panic about pressing the post button. They're like, oh, just, oh, I was going to post something, but then I just reread it. I was like, oh no, I'm not going to do that. Oh, I'm too scared. Or what if someone comments something horrible below it? And there's all these like negative thoughts going through their mind um, and they're, they're scared to press post. And I mean, even people that I work with now who have a really grounded following, really? they get to a point where they're like, I don't want to post anymore because... I'm I'm scared they what I'm going to post feed, is either going to yeah ruin the feed, lose some followers, or um, I don't know, evoke some horrible comment. Um, so just, I mean, not in terms of people that have loads of followers that are worried about that, but if people are starting to post and they're a little bit scared, do you have any advice for that? Jeez, this is why social media is bad for mental health sometimes. Oh, I mean, I if you're at the stage where you're an influencer and you're worried and I completely get it I mean you you spent so much time and effort building up a feed and a following and you're afraid that you know this doesn't match your aesthetic or your brand or I mean at the end of the day it's you it's your feed you own it I think just don't be afraid I think if you're starting up a brand and you're wanting to build it I think there's just no problem in that just you know post away do you know build that brand if you don't post you're not going to get anywhere i mean you can always do a taylor swift and delete everything afterwards and then restart rebrand yourself do you know what i mean you always have that opportunity and yeah. people are always going to unfollow you whether you want them to or not or whether you uh, try not to post the wrong thing if there is a wrong there's not a wrong thing but i'm actually i'm so past followers at the moment i'm just like whatever exactly. like i actually think and i say this to all my clients as well um is that you know, it doesn't actually matter what size your community is. If you have 10,000 followers and no one's buying from you, it's not really a community. If you have 100 followers and every Everyone, single one of them has bought from you, then... Exactly. And, you know, you know it. I completely agree. I, like, I don't think you should... I think it's so easy to get caught up in followers and likes and engagements. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some soon engagements won't even matter. You know, likes are, you know, out the door. I can still see people's likes. Me too, but I think it's, we haven't upgraded or something. <laughs> but someone came over and they were like, I can't see them anymore. And I was like, oh God, it's going to happen. But like, I, it just really doesn't bother yeah. me. I mean, I think it's going to be great. And I know it's so brands will pay more for advertising. And I know it is a money move. But I think, you know, trying to look at it from the mental health perspective, I think yeah. it's great. I think you should, you know, take a deep breath and a step back if you're really this worried. Or, you know, it like it's it's yours at the end of the day you shouldn't you shouldn't be at this stage i just want to give you a hug do you know what i mean <laughs> like there's so much more to life no, to be it fair, doesn't matter i get it i do get this thing with influencers where they're like they're worried because obviously they make money from it but equally i think like instagram's not gonna be around forever no exactly and i just think like branch start out. a business branch out and don't just do influencing do something else exactly. do something that like you know is what you're passionate about and 
you know what you want to do in the future i always think if instagram ended tomorrow if you know youtube ended if the internet collapsed what would you have yeah that's what i always think about and that's as long as you start a mailing list <laughs> sorry i said and that's why people should start a mailing list <laughs> exactly email is the way forward <laughs> no um but you you've got to have a lot of things going on and i just don't think you just don't want to be at that stage and if you are you know no one in 40 years time no one's gonna be no one's gonna be uh i'll remember that post you put up you really shouldn't have i was gonna say no one's (laughs) well yeah that too but no one's gonna be in 40 years time none of the influencers now are gonna be on instagram half naked with their families promoting like some weight loss shake do you know what i mean it's just not gonna happen i was thinking when do influencers stop being influencers like is there a time in their life that they'll be like oh you know this isn't for me anymore or do they just evolve into business. you know mummy blogging or this yeah. or that do you know what i mean i think they do i think you go through stages in your life where you're like it's just so early you just things. don't know yet what's gonna happen i started a business and then i was like i want to now i now i want to blog about business and now now oh my god i'm like single in london i'm like i want to write about being Dating. single. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm definitely not gonna write about that um, no one wants to hear about my terrible dating life. People um, love dating blogs. People love it. Yeah, I'm sure I'd have some interesting stories to tell. I love a good dating um, story. I'm Mostly because not... I'm very not single. So well, I'm, I'm the thing is, them. the thing is, I'm newly <laughs> single, so I'm like, I'm not quite ready to get there, but but I will be. Um, <laughs> potentially keep a journal just in case. Yeah, exactly. And then I'm sure I'll get to a point where I have kids, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to talk about mummy now. Like, I think uh, I think everyone just goes through stage in their life where they do that. I don't know. What will happen to influencers? I don't know. But then on the other side, we'll will see. people s- still want to be following influencer th- influencers at that stage? Will there be other social media platforms that they'll use instead? Oh, my God. Okay, just moving... Yeah, well, going on to this. Have you seen that everyone's use now, like, creating TikTok accounts? Yes. I Not me, but I okay. know it's a very, like... 16 year old platform do you know what i think what okay so you know when we had facebook and then our parents started again and we were like that, that is not cool anymore i'm so not using facebook <laughs> i'm not updating my status i anymore. think the 16 year olds are like i mean i think i'm young i'm 27 i think 16 year olds are probably like oh my god these 27 year old women started using tiktok i'm not gonna use that anymore and they'll move on to something else and then we'll all think tiktok's really cool (laughs) look at my tiktok i mean i don't have tiktok i've actually because i've been doing some social media conferences and there's been a lot of talk about tiktok and i asked you know the youngest person i know which is my cousin who is 20 and i was like you know bella um you know, tick, do you have TikTok? And she was like, no, but my friend's little sisters do. And I'm like, okay, so it's that oh my age. God, we so are like around the 16-year-old. So, yeah, we are so like two generations ahead, aren't we? But it's like, it's like there'll always be something new. Like things will always evolve. You just never know. I don't, I just don't put all your eggs in one basket. I yeah, I should. totally agree. You know, if you're building a brand, build it across many platforms, build mailing lists, build... A, a lot more than just you know an instagram page i mean it can be a primary page which is great but if if you you know if one day we're all hopping onto tiktok you know <laughs> get your get your Fo- community there as well <laughs> follow her at breakfast london on tiktok <laughs> i've never even used it no i don't i don't understand it i don't people i, I don't i don't have it it's vi- videos is it do you know i'm in social media i should probably know I this know, but that was like when vines are really big I'm really upset about Vine. Are you? I was never that into Vine. Oh my god, I loved it. If you go on, go on YouTube, please, and search like best Vine compilation. It's crazy because people were Vine influencers. Do you know what I mean? I know. Sean Mendes. Was 
he? He was from Vine. What? Yes. That's crazy. <laughs> Isn't that mad? I had no idea. Just like Justin Bieber from YouTube. Yeah. Do you remember from Vine? And it wasn't like Halsey from, t- uh, not Tinder, oh my God, uh, from Tumblr. <laughs> Tinder influencers. No, Tumblr. It was Tumblr. Um, I mean, you know, don't rule it out. That's the next big thing. Tinder influencers. Isn't like Tinder advertising a thing now? I we don't can swipe know. for products. Or I don't did I make do, that up? Maybe it's a different. Maybe stuff. that's a different um, um, app. Not sure. I'm not into dating apps at all. But yeah, no, neither am I. Unfortunately, <laughs> I miss that era. Um, okay. Well, I mean, I've really loved talking about this. This is that that was really entertaining. But um, so I ask everyone this question. Okay. What okay. is one app that you can't run your business without, and you can't say social media? It's City Mapper because I go to lots of different breakfast places constantly. And, <laughs> and I you wouldn't get there without I, it. I literally wouldn't get there without it. I need to know what time the bus leaves, how long I have, if I need to run. And it like City Mapper has been a lifesaver. I actually genuinely don't, even places I know where I'm going, I need to see the best transport route. Do you know what also with City Efficiency Mapper? Efficiency is everything. I'll look at City Mapper and I'll go... Right, okay, I can see what the postcode is. Right, that's fine. I've just put it in and I'm like, three tubes to get there. No, I'm not going there. No, exactly. <laughs> It'll be like, oh, is there like one long bus I can just sit on instead? Yeah. Um, I love, yeah, City Mapper would be my answer. So do you have an inspirational or motivational, I mean, you've actually given us two quotes, I think, in this podcast, but um, I used to share like an inspiring quote, but I'm running out, so I'll ask someone else to do it. Do you have any that you live by that you can share with us? It doesn't have to be woo-woo just like normal i definitely do have one but of course when someone asks you directly you're like oh god no i can't think of it uh, in my head um no I'll, I'll go for i'll opt for one of the other ones the person who chases two rabbits <laughs> catches neither of them but you know don't take that too literally or you obviously not haven't. too literally <laughs> however just it's more about you know focusing on your projects and perseverance. I think perseverance and focus is the most important thing in business. I think, or anything you do in a podcast and a blog and a YouTube channel, perseverance is key. And I think that should. You're just, you're doing your own. I love it. I mean, I don't think the quote even links to that. <laughs> it doesn't. This is quote your quote. Me, persevere. <laughs> persevere. Exactly. Pull through the dark days because yeah. there's plenty of those. <laughs> Probably the most disappointing quote from. No, I don't think but it's disappointing. The best life lesson. Yeah, <laughs> I've raised my eyebrows. If you can't, uh, I was going to say I probably should do a wink as well. There you go. <laughs> Finger guns. <laughs> Perfect. So, where can we find you? online you can find me on instagram woo uh not tiktok yeah, can you imagine, yet, unfortunately can you imagine you can't find me on instagram actually we, i know we talked about it but no tiktok only yeah um you can find me on instagram at bianca bridges um and that's bianca and bridge with an s like many bridges uh if you didn't get that hopefully it's written somewhere um and then you know Breakfast London, Railway Tavern, N16, and Good Belly Pizza are all in my bio, so you can... I will link them in the show notes. Fantastic. Amazing. Cool. And if you want to follow me, I'm at LucyHitchcock underscore, and you can get plenty of marketing tips from at Sassy Digital. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, what are you doing? Do it now. Do it. And leave a review while you're there, because... Good karma. 
good karma. I'll leave one for you. <laughs> <laughs> cool, thank you. Thank you.